Hello, good evening, and welcome back to Scissors and Scrubs, another installment of. Mm-hmm. I'm Nicole. I'm Lara. So, this episode this week is going to be um, more of an informative episode. We figured we get to pay a little tribute. It's Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And so, we're going to cover uh, Blue Babies, the Blue Baby Syndrome. Yep. And Dr. Blaylock and his assistant, Vivian Thomas, who really revolutionized. Um, Cardiac they surgery. start, yeah, they yeah. started the fix for blue babies. It changed again in like the 50s, but they really were the first to start helping these kids mm-hmm. survive. So, um, we're gonna, we're gonna do that one. Okay. And again, I have, um, forgotten my glasses. Great. And it's gonna be a long night. <laughs> so, um, cause as I'm rapidly going blind. <laughs> So I'm going to buy a pair. I'm going to leave them in our little pot loft here, mm-hmm. as I like to call it, also known as your mother's apartment. Okay. So um, I am going to start with, and I'm going to butcher this because I am not a cardiac surgeon. I am not a cardiac nurse. In nursing school, cardiac was not my strong suit. <laughs> so as I get into it, I am going to try to give you a brief anatomy mm-hmm. of the heart so you can understand why this disease is bad. Forgive me, and don't quote me. <laughs> don't like say um, this is the gospel because it's not. Okay, Google it. Look at right. ourselves. So, blue babies. The actual um, disease is tetralogy of. I'm going to say phallic, and I'll guarantee you it's pronounced fallow. Yeah, is it fallow? I think it might be. All right, so we're going to call it TOF. Yeah, also known as blue baby syndrome. It was first discovered in 1671 by Niels Stenson. It wasn't until 1888 mm-hmm. that a full description was published by, stupid names, Etienne Louis Arthur Fellow. So it has to be a sign of the T because it's French. Yeah. Um, but it's in 1924 that the term Tritology of Fellow is coined by Maud Abbott. Oh, right. Maud. I have to really go slow here because I can't see it. Okay. <laughs> So T of F, it's a heart defect that presents at childbirth. The symptoms at birth can vary from none to severe. Mm -hmm. Symptoms um, will grow and they can have quote unquote episodes. So an episode is like if the baby cries, it can turn blue. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when they're having a bowel movement, the babies can have a quote unquote tet spell. And a tet spell is the baby becomes very blue, has difficulty breathing, um, becomes limp and sometimes loses consciousness and you know sometimes when i'm a little constipated this might happen to me They're as well. really pushing i mean i almost lost consciousness sometimes <laughs> just saying other symptoms are heart murmurs finger clubbing which you'll also see was it copd yeah which the tips of their fingers look funny because they're not getting enough oxygen and they get real tired of breastfeeding so they're just kind of falling off risk factors of having a child with tof are alcoholic mothers diabetic mothers Rubella during pregnancy, mm-hmm. and some children who have Downs can have uh, TOF as well. So, I'm going to give you a brief anatomy. Okay. And of course, I thought of the brief anatomy after I was halfway through. Mm-hmm. And so See I had to go back at it. And so it's really small. Mm. So on top of not having glasses, it's really small. And I really am going to, I'm going to screw this up. So Laura, feel free to correct me as nope. I give this wow. anatomy of the heart. And so you get your heart, mm-hmm. sits to the left center of your chest. Mm-hmm. You have the right atrium that gets blood that has no O2. The blood with no O2 flows through your tricuspid valve into your right ventricle. Mm-hmm. 
Your right ventricle is going to pump it into the lungs where now it's going to get all its O2 and that's going to go through the pulmonary valve. It's, it's literally getting smaller and smaller. As I'm <laughs> it's like, I'm going to have this, my nose on the page in a second. All right. So um, it goes into the pul- pulmonary valve. It comes back from the lungs through the atrium, which receives the blood rich O2. It pumps it through the mitral valve into the left ventricle. And then it is pumped out through the aortic valve into your aorta to get distributed through the body. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's your normal functioning heart. Right. And your atrium is a little smaller than your ventricles. And your ventricles are usually very strong very, because they have to shoot massive amounts of blood throughout your whole body. Yeah. Okay. So that being said, tetralogy means there's a set of four related symptoms or abnormalities frequently occurring together. So these particular four abnormalities to TOF Mm -hmm. are pulmonary stenosis, which is a narrowing of the exit from the right ventricle. So the right ventricle is trying to shoot the blood, checking my notes, into the lungs, but the hole that it's trying to get through is smaller than it should be, which is causing a lot of pressure. Um, You have a ventral septal defect, which is a hole between the two ventricles that don't, the ventricle should have a solid wall between them. Now there's a hole between them. Mm -hmm. You have right ventricle hypertrophy, which is a thickening of the right ventricle muscle because it's working, I think, extra to try to get the blood into the pulmonary stenosis and it's fighting it. Right. And then you have an overriding aorta, which allows blood from both ventricles to enter the the aorta, which means now deoxygenated blood is going into the aorta, which it doesn't belong in. It's a disaster. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Which is why part of these babies, that's probably why they're turning blue, because you're repumping oxygen, I mean, blood that has no O2 in it. So I hope you all have written that down, and you have it down, Mm -hmm. because there'll be a test later. It's really hard for the heart to pump blood to the lungs. Right. There's a hole in between the ventricles, so there's blood going both ways, and then there's... And then the right ventricle is hypertrophied. Because it's just pumping, trying so hard to get the blood to the lungs. It's got a real thick wall on the heart, which isn't Mm -hmm. good. So treatment is open heart surgery for the first year of life. Um, it depends on how bad it is because, and it depends on the size of the baby because it could be within hours or it could be up to a year. Uh, the procedure involves increasing the size of the pulmonary valve, so opening the stenosis um, and the arteries and repairing the hole in the heart. Long-term problems can include an irregular heartbeat, pulmonary regurgitation. That word just makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Regurgitation. The first... Um, Surgical repair of TOF was in 1944 at Johns Hopkins. Initially, the only surgical treatment was palliative, not curative. So if something is palliative, they're just treating the symptoms. They can't fix the symptoms. Mm -hmm. So initially, when they do this procedure, they're not curing your blueberry disease. By 1954, you have the first total repair. It's done by C. Walton Lalecki. Well, that okay. sounds good. And every cardiac surgeon just cringed when I said that. Mm-hmm. At the University of Minnesota on an 11-year-old boy. Since 1981, total repair on infants has had success with a comparatively low mortality rate, meaning death rate, which for people who aren't in you know medicine, when you're like, oh, well, any death rate's bad. But yeah. when you look at how many kids were dying probably before. Right. So famous people with TOF. Mm-hmm. You have Sean White, the American pro snowboarder. Really? Yeah, the kid with the long white, wow. the red hair. Huh. Yeah, he drives me crazy. I love Sean White. Um, Bo Carson. Boy, I think that's a Carson. Australian cricket player. Oh, I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> Dennis McEldowney. He's a New Zealand author and publisher. Uh-huh. And Jimmy Kimmel's boy, son. Billy. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He that was his 
according to this, of what Jimmy Kimmel is going to be, because he, he's listening. You know yes. he's listening. He'll promote us on the show. He's right now saying, that's not what my kid had. <laughs> um, so before I get into the guy who was dealing with it, one of my girlfriend's daughters, mm-hmm. and I totally forgot about this, um, we would do within a month of each other. Mm-hmm. So she had her baby first, and she had her baby at a community hospital. They have the baby, C-section, mm-hmm. everything's great, whatever's going on. And dad's holding the baby and the left leg's blue. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, this doesn't look right. And he's mentioned it to the nurse. And at first she's like, oh, I think it's because it's cold in here. I think it's this. He's like, oh, this doesn't look right. She'd cry. She'd get a little bluer. Within like an hour, they're like, realize there's a huge problem. Kids immediately shift into Boston. Oh, God. Cardi, open heart surgery the next day. Ugh. And the mother checked herself out to be there. Oh, of course. If I could tell you the criticism people gave her. For checking out of the hospital. I was like, hey, that, why do you need to be there? Exactly. You do, who wouldn't be there? Like, Literally, I, I think the, the only reason I was there was because the kids like get all their right. shots and all that. Well, one whatever. of the pro- people who said something to me, I was like, you would have to tie me down with I would have, wild horses to keep me yeah. away from possibly seeing my job for the last time. Because right. it is. And, I, and to the surgeons who work on baby hearts, oh, God. adult hearts are mm-hmm. difficult. Adult hearts are complicated, intense stressful can you imagine it being the size of like a freaking walnut yeah no. and you're trying to fix all of these defects mm-hmm. which are small on an adult human heart mm-hmm. kudos kudos to you um adult i mean your pediatric cardiac surgeons because yeah. holy moly so fix her kid comes home on lasix you couldn't pick her up like you would normally pick up a baby because of the chest <gasps> incision oh. it was and she had pulmonary they were worried about pulmonary hypertension and that was the key like um you're not going to know they had a, they were waiting to see if she was going to develop pulmonary hypertension because you can't fix that. Yeah. So, um, pleased to say after a very long struggle and this week, she and I bonded over this because mm-hmm. now I have my baby. I was not a happy first time mom. <laughs> I was in a very dark place. Mm-hmm. So we were both in a very dark place together because <laughs> she would be up all night giving LASIK. She'd be all, oh I mean, God. it was, Can you imagine? it was a nightmare. She is now 16, mm-hmm. sassy. Funny, mm-hmm. you would never know. You would never know this girl has had open heart surgery the day after she was born, right. like fixed everything. So she's amazing. Kudos to you, girl. So that being said, we're going to move on to the fact that you can't talk about TOF without talking about Alfred Blaylock and Vivian Thomas mm-hmm. and Helen Tosic. Yes, but I didn't get into her, so I'm assuming you did. Well, a little. I'm only going to cover briefly Alfred Blaylock because really Sparkles is going to take away the mm-hmm. show with Mr. Thomas. So Alfred Playlock, he's born April 5th, 1899 in Culloden, Georgia, which is very key to the story because you're talking 1899 South. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get more racist than 1899. I mean, this is probably the beginning of the Klan. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to Georgia Military Prep School, and then he entered the University of Georgia starting as a sophomore. Oh, he wasn't really that smart. I think it was the prep school. Mm-hmm. Wicked popular and super social, Mr. Blaylock. He was the latest man. He was a member of Sigma Chi and a secretary and treasurer of his senior class. He's a go-getter. He's a Mm go-getter. In 1918, end of World War I, he attends John Hopkins. I never can say that. John Hopkins School of Medicine, 1918. Big rival of one of the Boston hospitals. Not going to name who, but they were always number one and we're always number two. Mm -hmm. So, his roommate is 
Tinsley Harrison. Mm -hmm. And he winds up becoming a lifelong friend and a student who went on to study cardiovascular surgery. Blaylock was an average student, but he excelled in surgery, so he becomes a surgeon. Mm -hmm. That was his thing. Uh, while at school, he was known as a ladies' man because he used to sneak out and go over to the Goucher College, Women's College across the street. Nice. Gets his degree, and he's looking to work under William Halstead, which I want to do an episode on Halstead because mm -hmm. he's a nut. Yeah. I hear he's like cokehead and everything else, but he was beyond his years in medicine. So Halstead's like, yeah, your grades in school kind of suck, so no, we're not taking you. Oof. So um, he winds up going to Vanderbilt Uni University in 1925, and he works with his older roommate, Tinsley Harrison. Mm -hmm. At Vanderbilt, he's doing a lot of um, work with hemorrhagic and tra uh, traumatic shock. Mm -hmm. This work actually leads to him discovering that whole blood and plasma really helps with surgical shock, and that then revolutionizes the treatment in World War II. Mm -hmm. That's a big contribution of his to that. But it's at Vanderbilt University that he's going to meet Vivian Thomas, mm -hmm. and they're going to change lives. Take it away. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Vivian Thomas was born in Louisiana on August 29th, 1910. He was the grandson of a slave. His family moved to Nashville, Tennessee, where he attended like public schools. What year was he born? 1910? 1910. Mm -hmm. um, he graduated from high school, public, just a public high school. Mm -hmm. He worked as a carpenter in 1929 and saved up money to attend Tennessee Agricultural and Industrial College as a pre-med student. Oh. Mm -hmm. However, the Great Depression hit and he lost all of his savings. Oh. And, and he lost his carpentry job because oh, so he's, there's he's no one's working. Out. The business was out. He's got nothing. Um, in 1930, a friend got him a job in the surgical research lab at Vanderbilt that was run by Dr. Blaylock. Vivian started out cleaning up the lab, taking care of the dog. They did all these experiments on dogs. I can't. We, um, we can just skip over that part. Real quick. I know. People are going to get mad. It is what it is. That's what they do. I know. I, um, so he would take care of the dogs. He'd clean out their pens. Like, that's the stuff he started doing. Um, and then he... Blaylock saw something in him, like he was, he knew what he was talking about, he paid attention, he was like... He was wicked smart. Wicked smart. Um, so he quickly started assisting Blaylock on surgeries on the dogs, like almost immediately. He's like, okay, let's come over here and help me do this. So like you said, Blaylock was studying traumatic shock. Um, doctors at the time thought patients were dying because there was some toxin being released during a traumatic event. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. Whoop. I can't. I don't know. Some evil toxins. <laughs> the massive being... amounts of blood on the floor didn't phase them at all. No, that was okay. It was, it was the toxins. It was toxins being released. Um, yeah. Blaylock believed it was the loss of blood that was killing yeah. him. Yeah, because he's spot too. Yep. Um, <laughs> and to figure out how to treat the shock, they first had to recreate the shock. So they did this again using the dogs from the local pound. Aww. Within weeks of starting at the lab, Vivian was giving anesthesia and prefer performing surgeries on the dogs by himself. I believe it. Um, they would open the dog. Well, he, Vivian would open the dog. <laughs> he would bleed it out until it was in traumatic shock, you know, until all the vital signs were saying, all right, he's in shock now. And then they would give the dog blood and fluids until the dog rebounded. Um, I, I, I know this sounds cruel and unusual and this and that, but you, I, I think for people who don't work in the field and don't see this, how huge this was oh. in saving lives yeah. all over like, you know, from EMT up through surgery, this is a huge thing for saving lives to realize you can bring people back by giving, giving them a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, 
So Blaylock received like so much fame and notoriety from this research. It served to save so many soldiers um, during war. It like revolutionized all sorts of traumatic mm-hmm. care. Um, and Vivian was doing the work of a postdoctoral researcher, oh having never gone any further than high school. Blaylock gets all this fame. Vivian's well, doing I mean, all Vivian's black, work. so nobody's gonna right. It's down south. Nobody's paying attention mm-hmm. to him. Um, in 1941, Blaylock was offered the chief of surgery position at Johns Hopkins. He wanted it because that's where he wanted to go any- anyway. So this was like his so goal he could look all at and be like, <laughs> right. he, that's what he wanted to do. He didn't want to go without Vivian Thomas. They didn't want to take him. They took him, but he had to like get, you know, persuade them. I'm not coming without my research right. assistant. Um, so Vivian moved his wife and kids to Baltimore which they had never seen so much um, racism in, in their Baltimore. Lives. In Baltimore was terrible. They said he lived in like the he had to live really? in like the slums. Yep they they were used like where they were from. People knew like they just you know they did their own thing. They right. did theirs. Up in Baltimore, it was really bad. Apparently, it was terrible. They wow. lived in like this tiny bo- little basement apartment. They weren't allowed anywhere. It was bizarre. Um, wow, I would have thought Baltimore would have been a little more... Uh, well, I guess it's still kind of south. And it's still in, like... It's in the 40s. Like, there's still... Yeah, I don't know. Segregation and... I don't... Um, so, he moves there. Moves the kids there. Moves the wife there. He continues running Blaylock's lab. Um, like I said, he lives in this really small apartment. He has to perform janitorial jobs around the apartment building to afford the rent. Oh, my God. He's doing all On top this- of all of this other stuff. He's doing all this research, doing all these surgeries, fix, figuring all this stuff out with him, and he can't make his rent from the pay that he was getting. And does Blaylock know this? Not then. Not okay. then. Um, he's only making around $15 a week. A week? Because he's classified as a janitor. That's the only classification they had for him. Wow. So he's classified as a janitor, 15 bucks a week. Um. Vivian could not walk in the front door of Johns Hopkins. He had to go back, like, through the basement, like, and up through the hospital. He wasn't allowed, because he was a black man, was not allowed to walk through the front door. So he, and he wasn't used to that, like, because. Because it's Vanderbilt, ridiculous. It's a, and at Vanderbilt, like, they, they know, it was fine. Like, he could go. Now, see, isn't that funny that you would think it would be Down south, it's okay. Right. The race, most racist, supposedly, part. Right. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it was like a sh- Complete culture shock to him and his mm-hmm. wife and his kids. Other re- other surgeons and researchers were like completely appalled that Blaylock let Vivian do the research because this is just this black guy right. that you he's a janitor took right on he's a janitor doing all your research. Um, when he walked through the halls with his white coat on because Blaylock got him a white coat, people would like make comments and say stuff and you shouldn't be here and you shouldn't be wearing that and they it was it was really hard for him. Um, he, this is also, so Blaylock is this rich and famous doctor and he has, like you said, he's like very social and he has all these parties and gatherings now. He's like the chief of surgery there. Like he's, he's living the dream, living the dream. And he's also, you know, from the South, from mm-hmm. back in the day. So, you know, where they, you know, you drink in different water fountains, you, mm-hmm. one rides the front of the bus, one's in the back of the bus. So he has all these parties. And he has Vivian be one of the cater waiters <gasps> or a bartender 
Oh, you oh, just made me really mad. Mm. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. But he, so that's just emphasizing, right, in front of all of these John Hopkins people that you're nobody, that you're nobody. Yeah. Oh, he had. They had like a really weird relationship. I would they say got because he did it with the research and you know, like right. they worked well together. But then in social situations, he wasn't like, no, this guy's my friend. Right. I mean, because no. you're friends at this point. Right. I'm sorry, but, but you they, are. But but of course, Vivian's doing these parties because he, he needs the, the extra money. Yeah. And he's getting paid to do those. But how, imagine how degrading. And yeah, how degrading that is. Mm-hmm. And he probably knew more than half the guys he was serving. Oh yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so infuriating. Um. So in 1943, Dr. Helen, T- however you say, Tosig. Yeah, that sounds good. She's a pediatric cardiologist at Johns Hopkins, and she brings a problem to Blaylock. She keeps seeing babies and children coming in with tetralogy of Fallot, a blue baby syndrome. With TOF. TOF. <laughs> and there was no known cure, obviously, at this time. She believed something surgically could be done, but she had, like, no idea what you could do. But she's like, there's got to be she something know done. she what was going on with the heart itself? Had she seen? No, like, she did just... she know what the defects were? No, because they didn't know. Okay. Because no right. one t- would touch the heart before this. <gasps> oh. Surger- no surgeons touched the heart before this. It was like bad juju to touch the heart. Like you don't Well, you don't want to release those toxins right. that were making everybody die. It was like some <laughs> sort of like holy, like you can't touch a heart. You can't do anything on a heart. Maybe that's why they think they're God now. Right. Oh, yeah. look at me. Yeah. I'm touching the heart. I wonder what else would. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she had no idea what could, but she's like, something has to be done. Like, obviously then it's not getting oxygen. Like, right. Obviously. Um, but so she's like, I don't know. You need to reconnect the pipe somehow. Like that's what she, she, that's all she can come up with. You need to find something to reconnect these pipes. Um, and like I said, it was like taboo before you don't touch the heart. It's bad. Like it's just not, it's a no, no. Yeah. Blaylock all over it. Fuck that. All going in, going in. in I'm not only going in, I'm going in on the babies. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go I'm not even just doing harder. this. I'm going hardcore baby. I'm in yeah. all the way. Yeah. He's, you know, oh, what? No one will do yeah. this? Oh, oh, I'll yeah. do this. Watch. Yeah. So in, Hold my bear. Going like for the babies. You, yeah. So like you said in TOF, the infant's blood is shunted past the lungs, which creates oxygen deprivation and a blue color. They would have trouble breathing. They become limp. They'd die like 100% of the time. So Blaylock and Vivian come up with the idea that they just need more blood flow to the lungs. So they're like, there's all these problems. They have all this stuff wrong with them. If we can just get more blood flow to the lungs, no matter what else is going on, they will get more oxygenated blood flow. But as you know, the hole that's giving the blood flow to the lungs in TOF is too tiny. Right. It's to nose. Right. So So they're like, we got to figure out a way to get more blood there. Um, So they decide, both of them together, um, not just Blaylock, they decide if they connect the subclavian artery to the pulmonary artery, there'll be enough blood flow. You'll be getting all that extra blood flow from the subclavian. Into the pulmonary. Into the pulmonary. So there'll be enough to go. It will make it easier to go through. This is the thing that always confuses me about freaking cardiac surgery. The pulmonary artery is a vein. Is a vein. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where my problem begins. <laughs> <laughs> right right there. I'm like, no, 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 no. Why is it blue? It's an artery. Like, oh, yeah. I hate cardiac. I'm I sorry. I hate it. Um. <laughs> terrifies me so now they have to test this out this is their thought if we just get more blood flow they'll be able to how many dogs get oxygen (laughs) doesn't say um so they test out first vivian has to recreate the tof on dogs so he has to make all that 
in the yes, dog's hunt. How does he know what it is? I don't know. I don't okay, know. But he does know what it is. Yeah. Then. Okay. All right. I don't know what test they could do to. They be had like, to have done autopsies on these babies and figure right, out. Um, right. Okay. Um, they don't. No one said that. Um, so he has to recreate the circumstances on the dogs. Then he had to figure out how to do the actual procedure because mm-hmm. none of like none of this has ever been done. Right. So they had this idea and they just had to keep going, trying and trying and trying. Oh, killed another one. Till it worked. Back to the drawer. Yeah. <laughs> well, that dog didn't make it. Let's try another one. Yeah. Go to the pound. Yeah. Um, he made his own clamps. Which we still use today. Yes. He made but of course his, it's not called the Thomas clamp. It's, it's called the Blaylock clamp. clamp. Um, but Vivian Thomas made the clamp. Um, he made his own sutures. He made his own everything. Because they didn't have anything that small. Because now you're working on these little infant's yeah. hots. And this stuff is small. Right. So he made all this stuff so he could make it to do what he so needed to So there's no do. hot lung machine either. There's no um, bypass. No. So they're operating on a beating heart. Right. They said, we have like three minutes. You know, like they had like no time to do it. Um, and he succeeds. He makes it happen in the dog. Like he makes yep. the TOF in the dog and then he repairs the TOF in the dog. Um, he then did the procedure about 200 times solo. He just kept doing Thomas. it and doing it and doing it. Yeah. Now he he's going to teach it. Blaylock, right? Right. Blaylock. So, so all this says Blaylock assisted once. So everything I saw, I said, believe it. I, I, I absolutely did it more than that. Said believe it. Right. Vivian Thomas had a down pat. It was working. The dogs were living. Everything yeah. was fine. And he Blaylock scrubbed in and assisted him. And people were appalled that he was helping, assisting mm-hmm. Vivian Thomas. Um. So on November 29th, nineteen forty-four, Blaylock performs the f- procedure on an eighteen-month-old baby girl. Um. They are in the operating theater. So back in the day, operating rooms were literally in a theater. There was like um, an open floor and it was like an amphitheater. Amphitheater, yeah. Picture it in the round and you have a bunch of bleacher seats wide open. All around. All around, breathing in that room. Right. So now they know he's going to do this on this baby. Now this baby was dying, like had no other There's no other option. She was going to die. He brought it up to the parents. Like we are doing, we've done it 200 times, not on people. Um. (laughs) You know, we've never done it on a person, but she's going to die right. anyway. We could save her or she's going to die. Right. So the parents said, yeah, all right, try it. So, which I can't even fathom. But, no. Um, so I think if you, you're told right, you're going to die, baby's gonna you'll be die like, anyways, anything, yeah. anything, help. So they were, so they're in this big amphitheater. Now every surgeon there is, of course, going to watch. He's going to go screw with the hot and they don't want him to. Mm-hmm. They're like, you can't do that. You cannot do that. It's not right. Like, Stay you're out. killing this child. Do, let God's do what God's going to yeah. do and let the the baby's going to die and whatever. He's like, absolutely not. So they were all sitting there watching because they're waiting for him to fail. And oh, yeah, of course. Get rid of him. Like everybody else in the world. Right. Um, it's it, and it's the first hot procedure. Like no one's ever. ever done this. So Blaylock scrubbed in with Halstead. And Crazy Halstead's there? Apparently. Was he sniffing lines? I know. That's what this, you know what? That's what this says. Was he there? I don't know. Um, and Tossig was there, that co- yep. pediatric cardiologist. Um, they say Dr. Cooley was there. Oh, jeez. Like, We're whipping out all the other. Uh, yeah, all the big, all the big, big cardiac Mr. Bakey there or was he later? No, they didn't have him. <laughs> um, and right behind him, standing on a stand, is, Tom. is Vivian Thomas. Like, with his head next to his, whispering to him the whole time, coaching him through. Yeah. Because he can't scrub in. I'm, I'm, I'm he not, can't scrub in. I'm trying not to swear. I know. 
But Blaylock has them come in mm-hmm. and stand there with them because Vivian Thomas knows how to do this procedure. Yeah. And, I mean, Blaylock was an amazing surgeon. and But he, this guy didn't get the credit that was due. No. Or the accolades or anything else. He put the work in. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm sorry. Now, the, the surgeon's watching. Like, why is he even here? He shouldn't even be in this room. Like, get him out of here. He's a black janitor. Why is he right. here? Blah, 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 blah. Blaylock was like, no, he needs to be here. So he's coaching him through the whole time. Baby su- survives the surgery. It was like, um, they couldn't believe it. Of course they didn't. The baby did die um, a few months later. She but, died anyway, but... But they did give her... She was imminently dying. Right. They gave she her a couple more months. She did get a few more months. It was considered a success. Because it's palliative, it's not curative. Right. They considered it a, a, a right. success. Then they did a surgery on an 11-year-old girl, and it was a complete success. She left the hospital three weeks later. Then they did it on a six-year-old boy with complete success as well. These three cases were then reported in an article in the May 1945 issue of the Journal of the American Medical Association, where Blaylock and Tossig, the pediatric cardiologist, were given the credit for the procedure. Of course. Vivian was not mentioned, obviously, because he's a black janitor. Um, doesn't have anything to do with this. Um, surgeons from around the world come to Johns Hopkins to watch him in this amphitheater mm-hmm. perform these surgeries. Um <clears throat> The fame for Johns Hopkins and for Dr. Blaylock just kept rising, and it was like in every journal and every paper, and it was, he was this, you know. He was a god godsend. He's a god. He touched the heart and lived. Right. They take, you know, all the pictures for the journal, everybody that was involved in it. Except for Vivian. Not Vivian, not even in a picture, like with, you know, 80 mm-hmm. people in it. Um, Within a year, the procedure had been done on 200 patients wow. at Johns Hopkins. Like, so That's now they know. Oh, someone's helping them. So, yeah. like, all these people are coming with this blue baby. And now and everybody wants to get on the, the bandwagon to touch the heart because you're not going to get struck right. by so, lightning when you do And all the surgeons are coming and watching them, and then they're like, okay, like, we'll go home and try this out. Um, in 1946, Vivian Thomas developed another procedure called the atrial septectomy, which was used to improve circulation in patients whose aorta and pulmonary artery were transposed. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when Blaylock checked his work, like, you know, he sticks his hands in the dog's chest and feels the heart, like, to see what he did. Um, he couldn't even feel the suture line oh where God. Vivian had I can't it. believe being that man. I, qu- I can't I, imagine I what that must have felt like. Um, and it led him to say, which, like, apparently was famously said to him, Vivian, this looks like something the Lord made. Like, it was, like, it Perfect. was how it was supposed to be. That's how the heart should have been. Um, in this time, though, obviously, this is starting to bother Vivian. Yeah. He's feeling underappreciated. He's obviously underpaid. He's still doing, like, side jobs. Yeah. He's, he's making these lives. procedures. He's <laughs> revolutionizing medicine, yeah. and he's mopping floors right. at night. Um, he went to Blaylock about it, was like, listen, I have to do all these odd jobs. I ha- I can't even pay my rent. I'm doing all this work. Right. Like, um, and Blaylock was kind of just like, what am I supposed to do? That's what they have you classified as. I don't – what am I supposed to do? Make a classification? Mm-hmm. Um. So Vivian left the lab. He left his lab. He tried to go back to college so he could go to med school. But college wouldn't accept any of his experience. Oh, my God. Like, he's like, can I stop like this? Like, obviously, the guy's smart. He doesn't need to do algebra, anatomy, 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 physiology, physiology. chemistry, and stupid Um, shit. They would not accept any of his 
life experiences to count. So he was like, oh my God, I have to start day one, freshman year of college. That's another four years of college. Mm -hmm. Four years of med med school. school, Then residency. He's like, by the time I'm a surgeon, I'll be almost 60. Like he was too much. He was really upset about it because he really wanted to practice. Yeah, because he's obviously extremely good at it. He has a talent that you can't, I mean, he obviously, you can't even, he didn't even learn it anyway. He just, he just knew. Um, he started, he, you know, he did other jobs, but he really missed, he missed the lab because he missed doing the work. He yeah. loved that work. Um, so he did go back to Blaylock. Blaylock did get Hopkins to bump his pay to the highest paid technician at Johns Hopkins. Okay. He got them like, you yeah. need to pay him. Well, it still wasn't a ton. It was like, I forget. It was something ridiculous, like $25 more a year. Something. A year. I forget. It was something oh so God. ridiculous. I was like, could you even see that in a paycheck? Yeah. Like it was stupid but he was on his own he was his own classification right highest paid tech there um vivian had an even more profound effect on cardiac surgery by teaching some of the most world-renowned cardiac surgeons when they were training so when they're in their training they're going to his lab vivian thomas's lab to learn how to do to learn how to do all these surgeries um dr denton cooley who is a huge cardiac mm-hmm. surgeon. There's, there's a Cooley clamp. Right. Cooley retractor. There's, yep, yep, there's yep. all these. He's a huge cardiac surgeon. Um, he said, even if you'd never seen surgery before, you could do it because Vivian made it look so simple. There wasn't a false move, not a wasted motion when he operated. Um, he also taught Alex Haller, Frank Spencer, Rowena Spencer, and many, like, tons mm-hmm. more. Um he also mentored an elevator operator at Johns Hopkins. Like, he got to know this guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can have a better life than this. Like, you... There's more to this. Was it the work. elevator operator block as well? I be- It didn't say that. I believe so. Yeah. It didn't say that. Um, but he's like, you can do much better than this. Vivian teaches him how to assist on surgeries. So Raymond... His name was Raymond Lee. So Raymond and his family would be better off. He could make more money. He mm-hmm. could advance. Raymond went on to be a physician's assistant mm-hmm. and assisted on the first heart-lung transplant. Oh, my God. And the separation of conjoined twins done at Johns Hopkins. So this guy, like, he could just, this now this other guy, I'm sure he's a very smart guy, he's just working in an elevator, and he could teach him. Yeah. This well, is what you need so to do to do all this. Pigeonholed and forced yes. into certain things because you were, they weren't allowed to go anywhere and right. do anything. They, they weren't allowed to be smart. They weren't allowed yeah. to know that they were intelligent. It's, no. it's horrible. And he, this guy's just... Okay, come on. I'm going to yep. teach you so you can have a better life. Right. He teaches them how to do surgery. Yep. Um, Dr. Blaylock died in 1964. Vivian worked at Hopkins as director of surgical research laboratories for 15 more years. Wow. He mentored Hopkins' first black cardiac resident, Levi Watkins Jr., and helped him in the implantation of the automatic defibrillator. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1968, a painting of Vivian was commissioned and hung next to Blaylock's in the lobby of the Alfred Blaylock Clinical Sciences Building, which he couldn't walk into when he first right. went there. Um, and it's literally next to Blaylock's painting. In 1976, Vivian was awarded an honorary doctorate by Johns Hopkins, but it was like a doctorate of laws, not an honorary medicine. doctorate of medicine, because they couldn't do that. In the seventies, they couldn't do that. Well, because he didn't go to med school, so there was all these. It's an honorary doctorate, anyways. <sighs> Whatever. Why can't you give it to him? Um, but he could finally be called Doctor Thomas, and um, he must have cried that day. Oh, I'm sure he was. 
facade. So it still took him till the 70s to become a doctor. (laughs) Um, He was appointed to the faculty also as an instructor of surgery. So at least they realized this guy is... They were recognizing his contributions. Yeah. We we need him. Right. Um, Dr. Vivian Thomas passed away in 1985 of pancreatic cancer. Oh. Posthumously, he has received like tons of reckon. You know, they're like, Jesus Christ, we couldn't have done any of this without him. Um, in 1993, the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation started the Vivian Thomas Scholarship for Medical Science and Research. In 1996, the Council on Cardiovascular Surgery and Anesthesiology began giving the Vivian Thomas Young Investigator Award. In 2004, the Baltimore City Public School System opened the Vivian T. Thomas Medical Arts Academy. And in 2005, Johns Hopkins started organizing first-year med students into four colleges named for faculty that had major impacts on kind of like harry potter yes you're going to hogwarts you're going to thomas you're going to blaylock yeah and one of them is the thomas college they need like they finally realized the poor guy's dead but um i got this all this info from medium.com slash five guy facts morehouse school of medicine and the hbo movie something the lord made i saw that movie it was good with right um alan rickman Brickman plays snape it's all going to be oh, yeah, yeah. today. Yeah. It's a good movie. It was really good. It's a I good movie. Go watch it. It yeah. gives so much insight and it's just, yeah, it's, this guy did so much and he literally couldn't even get in a picture. Right. And it's just, the things I take away from that is A, and I've said this ever since I've been doing surgical stuff, I feel like you either have it or you don't. Mm-hmm. Now, when you see a surgeon who has it, mm-hmm. like Vivian Thomas just has it. Mm-hmm. It's something to watch. They yeah. they just go in, they know what they're doing, and they're out. Yeah. And when you can see the surgeons who just don't have it, you it's clearly a difference. So mm-hmm. I just do think there are some people who just get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you think of some of the people we worked, remember one of the first nurses, like when I started, there was a nursing assistant. He was a black guy. He um, would do the cardiac preps. Remember? Oh, yeah. And... He and then one of our perfusionists, and a perfusionist is a person who runs the machine during cardiac surgery that mm-hmm. it's the hot lung bypass machine. They were like off the street, mm-hmm. came in to the hospital. They trained one of them how to run the heart lung machine yeah. in surgery. He had no formal training. Right. And he worked 55 years at that place. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And the other guy, they trained him to be a circulator because in the 70s, the surgical techs and nursing assistants were your circulators mm-hmm. and the nurses scrubbed, mm-hmm. which I, like now you, it's unheard of. You need a nursing degree to count to 10. Right. You need a nursing degree to count four snaps. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But um, you would hear the stories of them literally like I was mopping floors one day and then they're like, hey, you want to scrub a crany? And you're like, okay. And they taught you how to scrub. And right. like, wow. Yeah. I mean, what they struggled to get what they wanted, you know, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. So that's quite a story. Yeah. I think he's very impressive. That's very impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's many impressive stories of um, that we could have covered this month, but I think he's a real big one. We had to cover him. I mean, it literally, he started cardiac. Obviously, he's, he's the father of cardiac yeah. surgery. But like I said, we have, I'm going to stack on the Thomas clamp when we're counting. Yeah. You, have, you have two Thomas clamps. Did he make the booties too, you think? In the movie, they had booties on the playlock clamp. I don't know if that's true, but I was like, those things are never right. And they actually had the booties on the playlock clamp. So, so. Booty, they get this little rubber tubing and they cover. The playlock clamp looks like it's, a backwards F. Yeah, like a backwards F. And it's got these two little bars on it. 
and you have to cover the little bars with these little rubber tubings and then you squeeze it down and it, it works and clamps off an artery. I, I've never actually seen them use it. I have I have them on my table. I have four of them. Never four of them seen anybody use one. one. I've never seen them actually <laughs> ask or use one. No. Um, so it's just, I'm going to start calling it the Thomas Clamp. Yeah. Okay. So um, that was a little quick Black History Month for you right mm-hmm. there. Uh, when next week we're going to cover um, Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And that will be love is in the air. Oh, the gift that keeps on giving. It's yep. going to be great. <laughs> and actually, one of my um, topics will wrap in Black History Month with our Ooh. Valentine's wow. Day topic. All right. really... we're, gonna, we're not going to tell you because it's a surprise. Yep. So, um, again, throw us your uh, reviews and your rates on iTunes. If you send us an email or if you give us, um, I literally don't even care if you just write, Hey, in the review on iTunes, you give us anything and you give us a shipping address. We're going to mail you because we're, um, we're poor. We're going <laughs> to mail you our very special scissors and scrub sticker. Yeah. We'll put it online so you can see. And you can, we're going to have enough of them that I'm going to turn into Laverne from Laverne and Shirley. And I'm tagging everything. literally everything mm-hmm. I have with these stickers. Um, every piece of clothing instead of an owl, I'm going to have a scissors and scrub mm-hmm. sticker. I'm so if you too owl. would like to be part of our scissors and scrubs posse, um, Send us a little review or write, write us an story. email telling us a little note and um, we'll send a sticker to you. But mm-hmm. we need a place to ship it to. P.O. Box, airmail, pigeons, whatever you want whatever. to do. Uh, enjoy your week. Enjoy your winter. Be safe. And uh, we'll see you for Valentine's Bye. Day. Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.